How can you achieve and maintain business growth? Harvard Business School Executive Education is now accepting applications for a new program, Driving Profitable Growth. Taking place in Boston from October 25th through the 28th, this program focuses on business expansion and organizational growth strategies that can lead your company into the future. Learn more about this three-day program for senior leaders by visiting hbs.me growth. That's hbs.me growth. Welcome to Lockdown Bucks, brought to you by BrewHoop.com, and also SeatGeek, our wonderful sponsors, who have a fantastic promo code that you can get L-O-B-U-C-K-S. Again, that is L-O-Bucks, and that'll get you a $20 rebate on your first purchase at SeatGeek. Um, And obviously, if you're ever looking for Bucks tickets, just go to SeatGeek. You're going to get great deals because... Attendance numbers haven't gotten any better in Milwaukee, um, so there's still they did they did for one night at least one night. Yes, I would assume there was probably a little bit of a of a bump in the rankings uh, for the Bucks, uh, but yeah, if you're ever looking for Bucks tickets, go ahead and go there. I'm Eric Name, and the voice you just heard is Frank Madden. Frank, how are you? I'm doing well, Eric. Uh, I'm. I don't think I necessarily played it up enough, but I did tweet that the Bucks beating the Magic was very important to my mental health and i should just reiterate that because it seems like every time the bucks have had a long break um they've they've lost a game badly or something and then it just really sticks in my craw you know yeah so i was uh i was very happy to get a win and honestly like i'm not this season if they win and Giannis and jabari play well i'm over i'm on cloud nine uh you know and i i yeah. shouldn't be that emo i mean i'm 35 i should not be that emotional about a basketball team at this stage of my life but uh i was i was really nervous that they were gonna lose that game yeah. and waste uh waste you know jabari's hot shooting night waste Giannis's uh terrific all-around stat line and uh fortunately they did not and it was cool because that also meant that uh, you know I think you saw a lot of uh, positive hub uh, pub for Giannis, yep. Kevin O'Connor writing in the Ringer, uh, Kevin O'Connor and Chris Vernon on the Ringer NBA show. So so shout out to Kevin Connor, Kevin O'Connor who's a good dude, uh, smart guy, uh, former SB Nation brother, yeah. from Celtics blog, um, and uh, yeah I think they talked about him on the True Hoop podcast as well. I haven't listened to that yet, but. Uh, kind of everything sort of came up Giannis today, so that was uh, that was fun to to see him getting some national press because I feel like I, I don't know I feel like I feel a little frustrated because I mean can you imagine if Giannis was putting up you know twenty two eight and six and two and two in New York or something I mean he would be the MVP like well he'd I mean he would be such a high profile dude and. It just kind of stinks, you know, being in Milwaukee. Um, you just don't get, I think, that kind of, you know, people just don't want to talk about you. And instead, you know, everybody always wants, it's amazing how much people have talked about the Wolves, even when they've been pretty meh, um, because there was so much buzz with them. And um, obviously, Towns, people got, you know, people got over the moon on Towns, understandably. And then Thibodeau comes and Thibodeau comes. And, uh, and people are talking about them regardless of whether they play well or, or poorly. But, uh, anyway, yeah, cool to hear Giannis getting a little bit of love deservedly and, and hopefully, uh, 
that carries throughout. Hopefully, uh, an All Star bid. Hopefully, the Bucks can be good enough to get an All Star bid. But anyway, I digress. With that, I'm kind of fascinated by uh, the Brewers in your in years past have dominated All Star voting. Like the when when the Brewers are going good, 08 to 11, there was years where dudes got in the All Star game that should not have been in the all-star game and just because brewers fans came out and voted and and i'm very curious to see if that same thing will happen for Giannis this season because it, again whether or not anyone wants to name him to the team i would i would hope a coach would name him uh to the all-star team but at the same time how cool would it be if fans would just take care of business and and get him into the all-star game as a starter like that would be awesome and like i said there was times when there's brewers guys that got to start that maybe shouldn't have been starters and it was just because brewers fans got out there and voted and you would think you're looking at a a similar set of fans uh that would be doing the voting and you would hope that something similar might happen for Giannis. but uh that'll be interesting to see you know, I mean, the, the tough part, obviously, is, uh, you know, breaking into to the all-star balloting is is not easy. I think uh, you know, I'm, I'm just looking at last year's um, all-star starters. It was Carmelo, Paul George, LeBron, Lowry, Wade. Um, you know, LeBron is always kind of a given. I think it'll be interesting to see with, with you know, Carmelo and Paul George. Um, I mean, Giannis is having better seasons than both of those guys, right? I mean, that's that's not really... Uh, I mean, I think an objective viewer would 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 see that, but obviously Carmelo is a you know a, a very much a name brand, and he's in New York, and Paul George also obviously a much bigger brand name, but Indiana obviously has, has not had um, the same type of of, uh, of of season that they had previously. But by the same token, uh, you know, I, I don't know. I, I'd be curious if um, you know, Wade and Lowry were the other guys last year. Obviously, Demar Derozan, if he's listed as a guard. Because I guess it's just guards and forwards, right? This is yep. the all-star balloting now. So hopefully <laughs> DeMar DeRozan is listed as a guard. Um, and and beyond that, though, I mean, what, you know, I think we'll, we'll see. Hopefully hopefully it'll hold up, but I think you could probably make a credible case. You know, Jimmy Butler's having a great year. He obviously would also be sort of in that small forward type discussion. But, um, but if you're picking three forwards, um, LeBron, Giannis, Jimmy Butler. I don't know. Am I missing somebody in the East? Uh, and then, I mean, then is Jimmy Butler a forward as well? Like, is he a guard? Uh, so, yeah, I, I think that's pretty much the short list that you listed off there. I, I, I would struggle to think of someone else to add to it. Yeah. So I don't know. It'll we'll we'll, we'll obviously keep an eye on it. We don't want to get our head of ourselves too much. But, oh, um, I'll get no. ahead of ourselves, Frank. I'm okay. With <laughs> we need that. we need Zaza to throw his uh, his huge international voting block behind yes, yes. his buddy Giannis. Um, or or we gotta hope that like you know Bieber is a is a Giannis fan or something like that. <laughs> get the, you know that that's pretty much I, the problem is I just don't know who uh, I don't I, the Bucks just don't have that big of a, we don't we don't have like huge multi-million fan multi-million henry Twitter winkler follower what henry yeah. winkler no henry winkler he's not gonna henry get a winkler. dunk yeah i was i was saying uh uh my friend uh bill ben thompson bill thompson ben thompson from uh the blog Stratechery. we we're gonna have ben on at some point um he's also at no tech ben but ben 
is a technology writer, and I think he has like sixty thousand followers or hundred thousand followers, something like that. Man, we gotta get him, him in. We gotta get him yeah, in. We gotta, we gotta get him in. He's, I mean, Ben's podcast is about the NBA in general. He's a really smart guy in general. Um, but uh, I was joking with him that that the uh, celebrity Bucks fan rankings are basically him and uh, Kato Kalen. <laughs> Uh, although I noticed, I, I noticed this year, I don't, I don't follow Kato Kalen on Twitter, but he is, I've, I sometimes see him retweeted and all he tweets about is like hating on the Packers and Brewers. That's it's all true. he does on Twitter. It's true. He is the most negative dude ever, Indeed. which is, uh, I don't even know why, like you'd want to follow like that sort of negativity, but well, let's be honest. Yeah, you do. I know I do. You do. You've <laughs> seen, you've seen the comment section and you get I tweets my, regularly. Like. I see my mentions. Um, <laughs> so anyway, but uh, we, we're digressing a fair bit. We do need to get the Twitterati ready, ready to roll. Uh, we, for the we need to, yeah, um, we need to, we need to find some, some, some million follower dudes to, to, to like Giannis and, and throw some, I mean, uh, some we might need like, to throw Sharp a bone here. He's Bucks mafia. Maybe we can, that's true. We can get Andrew Sharp Although, on it a little bit. Andrew, it, things have been complicated with Andrew. Uh, he 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 kind of went rogue, uh, and I you know I think he had some understandable questions. He he was not a fan of the Thon pick. Uh, was not a fan of the Bucks uh, summer. He was not. And uh, we got to bring him back in the fold, though. Um, I was I was tweeting at him that I was very disappointed that him and Ben Golliver on the Open Court podcast, which I always listen to, uh, the SI podcast. Uh, they didn't even mention Giannis's name in the most improved player discussion, and they mentioned like everybody. I mean, they mentioned like Wiggins. I mean, it wasn't like they were only mentioning, you know, guys who were coming out of nowhere or something like that. And uh, Andrew's uh, appropriate response was that he's had Giannis on his All NBA team since 2013. <laughs> so, okay, Andrew, I, I accept that. But but seriously, I, we we were talking. I think we talked about this preseason that you know Giannis has been top ten. I forget, maybe even higher. I think higher than that, but. He's been in the mix for most improved player the last two years. And it's pretty incredible that, you know, if he keeps up these numbers, you could make a good case for him to be another, you know, top five once again in, in most improved player, which obviously if you're <laughs> making that big of an improvement uh, three years in a row, you're going to end up being a damn good player. And um, obviously, knock on wood, that's that's where we are with him now. So. Uh, so pretty fun stuff. But, okay, so uh, we, we have some other serious stuff to talk about, but yes. one more. Well, you know what? This is very serious to me. Um, so during the game on Monday, uh, the Bucks do their Potawatomi, I don't even know what it is, cash at the line or something, um, where there's two, two guys in a free throw shooting contest, and then whoever makes the most in 30 seconds gets to take a shot. And you get three options for said shot. It is a $500 free throw, a $1,000 three-pointer, or a $5,000 half-court shot. I believe those are the correct numbers. If they're wrong, you can correct me. But whatever. I believe you get the general idea. So on Monday, uh, I was talking – I'd have this conversation probably three to four times a year, but – with people around me, I was talking about how I would always take the $500 free throw because I, I have supreme confidence in my free throw shooting ability. I, I was a 75 to 80% guy. And I think eight, a seven, even, even accounting for the pressure of shooting at the Bradley Center, the strange backdrop, 65% chance at $500 sounds pretty good to me. Uh, so I say I would take the free throw. 
and a lot of people have probably deservedly so called me the worst for wanting to take a free throw instead of going out to half court to win the big money. Frank, I need to know if my manhood deserves to be questioned as much as it has been questioned in the last 48 hours. I think that is the complete rational uh, approach to it. And I think from an expected value, when you factor in the likelihood of making the shot, I'm sure that the free throw is the highest expected value for pretty much any normal person, probably. Um, I mean, I don't know, like, like for myself, absolutely it would be just because, I mean, I've shot many, 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 many free throws in my life. Yep. And I mean, you know, when I, when I, I haven't played pickup much in the last couple of years, but, um, but I've always been a guy who just, you know, chucks three pointers and, but I don't chuck from the NBA three point line. Right. I'm yeah, used to playing it's, it's in regular gyms yeah. with, with the high school three point line. And, you know, when you step back a few feet just to screw around, I mean, you know, as a normal like 5'11 guy who weighs like a buck 65 and is not <laughs> that strong, I mean, you really need to get like your whole body. I mean, it, you, it's different shooting from from 24 feet versus 20 feet. I, right? I think so, I think it's easy to say that the three point shot is the worst decision out of all of them. That it's the it's the half measure, right? Like, like there's no, no reason nobody's practice. No no regular person practices NBA threes, correct? Uh, you know, to the point that they actually are somewhat competent. So I would agree correct. with that. that but that's I think the, the wrong decision. Undoubtedly, the yeah. wrong decision. No one should ever take the three. I think the the showman's move though is definitely the half court shot, and I would probably do the half court shot simply because, I mean, if you go for the free throw, you're going to get booed, even if you. You know, even before you try it, probably. But I'm going to soak and in those booze, Frank. I'm going to I'm going to let them be come the down. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and and if you if I were to miss a free throw, I somebody was in the we were talking about this on Twitter. Somebody was saying was talking about a fifty dollar layup, but I guess that's not actually an option. That's in this, is not it? an option. Yeah, and I wouldn't do that just because the possibility of missing a layup in front of you know ten thousand people is like I no, I'm not doing that. I, I give me the thing that has no pressure. Give me the half court. I would do the half court shot just because that that's what people would want. And honestly, like that that would trump the likelihood of getting you know five hundred dollars or whatever, oh. which would wouldn't be it wouldn't be a lock for me anyway, especially in front of a bunch of people. If I like short arm it or something like that, then that'd be bad. But anyway, um, yeah. So I, I would I would I would I would just launch a, a half quarter and miss <laughs> and and then keep my dignity and nobody would hate me. Uh, since we started recording, uh, I got a tweet from Kyle Brickner um, at Evil Zealot that said, I did take the $500 buckshot and made it. No shame. So good for him. He took the $500 free throw and nailed it. Cause, yeah, I mean, I respect it. I respect it, but I'm just saying yeah. I totally get the peer pressure factor. Yeah. See, I don't Yeah. I don't know. It's it's a tough spot. I'm happy for the dude that made it. I don't know who made it. It was some guy. He seemed very happy, and then he got mobbed by a whole lot of Bucks uh, event. I don't even know Bucks hype men, um, and they just attacked him. And it seemed like they're not so- doing they're not doing that. If you want to get attacked by the Bucks like hoop troop or whatever, you're, you're not getting that for. No, you're getting a high five. <laughs> maybe a, a handshake. handshake. I was gonna say maybe yeah. a handshake. Um, yeah. Okay. Well, although although I will say this. Um, the upside, uh, if you do take that free throw and it's a midweek game against, you know, uh, the Pelicans or something like that, yeah, 
probably not that much shame because let's be honest, not going to be that many people at the game. Um, and I'm looking at the tickets for Friday, which is, you know, a weekend when a lot of people are going to be in town. I'm, I'm on SeatGeek.com. Uh, go to the website. Obviously, we always talk about the mobile app. That's the easiest way to do it. Download that. Enter that Bucks promo code. Or sorry, enter that Brew promo code. L-O-B-U-C-K-S. Get that $20 rebate on your first after your first purchase. Um, I'm seeing tickets as low as 13 bucks in the upper bowl. Uh, so definitely not a tough ticket. I'm seeing <laughs> tickets... Uh, in the lower bowl, you know, sideline, kind of along the the baseline, sort of in that corner, um, but but good looking seats, sixty five bucks, you know, um, pretty pretty so, affordable tickets. So when here, so. when you click on that and look at the view, like that's a pretty good that that sounds like a pretty good view. Like sight lines are pretty yeah. good. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Even in the BC, I mean, in the BC, like if you get into the if you're between the baselines on the lower bowl, I mean, you're you're good, right? I mean, yeah. The BC has its has plenty of problems, but um, but those are good seats. So yeah, so I think um, you know I'm I'm not coming home for Thanksgiving. I'm coming home for Christmas. Uh, I'm going to the game on the 23rd of December. Uh, but uh, if anybody is home and needs somebody to do on a Friday night, definitely check out Seeky. Use the the color codes. You're gonna zoom in really quickly on those good deals, the green ones. Um, whether you want them in the upper deck, you know, if you want to, you know, not spend too much money, save some money for food. You can do that, um, or you can definitely also find some some really affordable tickets in the lower bowl. So, make Giannis happy. Giannis yeah, is, was he, begging for people he, to come out to games on Saturday. It was freaking sad listening to Giannis ask for people to support them. Um, so, so do it for Giannis. All right, go go get download the SeatGeek <laughs> app. Use L O B U C K S as your promo code. Do it for Giannis. Make Giannis happy. All right, Frank, you have been looking up stats for a while this evening. At least that's what I believe you've been doing from the looks of your Twitter feed. So hit me with some numerical goodness. So I was thinking about, you know, the, the, the all the Giannis stuff is, has been fun. And we've talked a bit about uh, point center. We talked about point center Giannis before the season, and we were kind of hoping for it. We were like, ah, Jason Kidd always wants to play a big man. Which, let's be honest, if if any there was any any team that didn't play that wouldn't play a big man, I mean the Bucks should be that team because historically they haven't defensive rebounded even with the center in the lineup. They play this style that lends itself to wanting smaller, more mobile guys, and they've struggled so much to space the court with a traditional big man on the court. Like, wouldn't you want to throw in another guy like a Toledovich who can actually space the court? in lieu of a big man. I mean, it just seems like if ever there was a team that would try to do this, it would be the Bucks, and we're finally seeing it. I was going to say, I don't know if if Jason Kidd necessarily likes to always play a big. Um, like, I don't, I don't know if I could have definitively said that because he is someone who really only likes to play two bigs, only one big at a time. And I think before the season, we all thought, well, they have three freaking centers, so they're going to have to play these guys like they're paying them 40% of their salary cap. So they're going to have to play them. So I am very curious how new schoolish uh, Jason will be in that regard. Cause I know the other night when he was talking about small ball lineups, he's like, sure. We call these small ball lineups, but Giannis is a seven footer. Like it's, 
it's kind of small ball. And he was saying the same thing about the Warriors. It's like, yeah, it's kind of a small ball lineup, but Durant's seven foot. Uh, like, there's plenty of size out there. So, sorry, didn't mean to interject, but yeah. No, that that's a good point. I think Matt Velasquez had that article with that quote while you were there. So, I mean, not not that you. you oh no, that Matt's was Matt. That to was write all it down, but um, okay, good. So Matt had it. So shout out to Matt. Uh, but I think it is interesting, and it's a good point, right? I mean, you know, you, if you have Giannis, Toledovic, Beasley, I mean, these aren't like tiny dudes. Jabari isn't like a tiny dude, although I would argue he plays small yeah. defensively, for better or worse. He's more of a kind of, to me, he defends like a small forward. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I mean, and, and I think the thing is, like, people talk about small ball and as like just an excuse to put, you know, small you know, find any small guys you you can on the court. But I mean, it's really about getting, it's really about getting talent on the yep. court, right? It's about getting skills on the court that aren't traditionally found in, in big men. And obviously shooting is the kind of the most obvious one, but it doesn't have to be shooting all the time. Um, it can be passing. It can be, you know, the ability to get on the fast break, obviously for the bucks, that's, that's important. Um, but, uh, but it, it's interesting. And, and obviously the bucks, when they go quote unquote small, you know, they're, they're, backcourt isn't necessarily small right they they probably are still having uh, a point guard and a shooting guard defensively that are probably pretty normal sized unless you know i guess terry obviously is, isn't big for a shooting guard but um but it's really just about not having a traditional center really when we call it small ball so it's it's a bit of a misnomer um and I'm, honestly as much as we talk about Giannis at center he's not always like defending the nominal yeah. center and a lot of times there isn't even a real center on the court anyway so it's it's kind of a you know pointless term to call him a center Toledovich might be guarding oh it is not anyway, pointless in my heart let's be Frank. honest it is not it's pointless more, in it's my more heart. fun more fun yeah um so i was looking at it though so the bucks um have had 45 minutes this season with Giannis on the court without Plumlee Monroe or Henson and in those 45 minutes, uh, they have had an offensive rating of nearly 116, which is phenomenal. Uh, they've had a defensive rating of about 101, okay, which is very good. Uh, and obviously, on the net, they've been very positive. And I think the interesting thing is, I mean, we've seen that lineup work against, you know, for the most part, that's the lineup we've seen only in the last couple of weeks. So you've seen it against teams like the Hawks. Uh, I think we saw it a bit against the Heat. Yep. Um, in a game that obviously didn't didn't go so well, uh, and the Warriors, uh, and and obviously this last game, so um, it's not just been beating up on bad teams, right? I mean, obviously the the Warriors are phenomenal, um, and the Hawks as well are are a good team. So uh, I think it's encouraging that they've been able to to break this out this lineup out and get consistently good production from it, and it's an interesting change of pace. And it'll be interesting to see if maybe Kid continues to use it as a, a fourth quarter change of pace lineup or something like that. I mean. You know, I'd like to see it made a little bit in the first half, but um, with all these big guys, obviously, you know, uh, it, it doesn't exactly <laughs> do anything to alleviate your log jam. So, it, very interesting, though. I mean, I think the the hype around that lineup. We'll see how if, we'll see how sustainable it is. But uh, and and typically those lineups, you know, you can't just run them into the ground and play them. You know, twenty twenty five minutes a night. It's it's tiring and, and wearing on those guys. And you know, defensive rebounding can obviously be a problem uh, with with those kinds of lineups. But uh, hopefully, we'll see it. Um, and that kind of had me thinking a bit about uh, the identity of the Bucks and and what kind of team this was going to be. And we talked about this before the season, and specifically in terms of Jason Kidd, like w- what is Jason Kidd good at as a coach? 
you know, and, and what does he hang his hat on? And, you know, we've talked about he hasn't coached teams to good offensive ratings. I think the Nets were average the, the, his first year as a coach, and the Bucks have been basically bad the entire time that he's been a coach. Um, and obviously there's some reasons beyond his control. I mean, you know, like I'm not going to look at the Bucks roster and say that's a, you know, above average team talent-wise on offense. Like Giannis is great. Jabari's pretty good uh, getting there. Um, but you have a lot of role players uh, around those guys. It's pretty much all Definitely. role players around those guys. So, you know, whatever. Um, and they've been better defensively this year. You know, they've been a little above average. The, the the week schedule, obviously, you don't want to put too much into it. But, you know, they've also taken their lumps against a couple of good teams here of late. And, and that ranking is still holding up. Um, and I think the interesting thing, though, is, is a lot of the numbers that we started to see after the All-Star break last year with Point Giannis, namely... Um, you know, the pace, they've been about average pace-wise, but they're plus 5.2 in terms of fast break differential. So they average about 16 points on in transition. Opponents average 10.8. Obviously, that's a positive thing. So they're playing effectively uh, in transition. They're not just playing fast and hemorrhaging, you know, easy buckets on the other end. Uh, they're number one in points off turnovers, even though they're not, you know, I think they're ninth in uh, turnover percentage. Uh, last night's game certainly helped. And... So they're forcing, you know, some turnovers, but they are really making it count in terms of getting easy buckets. And obviously, you know, Giannis is at the center of that. So I think it's been interesting as a team. You know, I have questions about the defense. I think the defense has to be about where it is now, average to who knows, maybe slightly better if they're going to be, you know, approaching decent sort of overall this season. But um, I don't know. Uh, how do you feel? I mean, looking at the rankings of where the team is, probably the other big one that we talked about coming season three pointers. They're they're bottom ten in makes and attempts, but they're fifty percent higher in both than they were a year ago, uh, which says a lot about where they were a year <laughs> ago. But I don't know. What I mean, what's your feeling? I mean, is this sort of like is the team kind of they feel like it's kind of finding itself stylistically, and is that good enough? in terms of, you know, the way they should be playing? Oh, man, that's a that's a good one. I guess kind of what I've always thought about this team and, and their identity is that they aren't 100% sure that they're good offensively, that, that they know they have a couple talented offensive guys, and they also know that those talented offensive guys do very well in transition and do well with a faster pace so for me it's always been okay Giannis and Jabari aren't great in the half court yet so let's try to stay out of half court situations not as much as possible but let's try to get fast breaks so you play this aggressive style defense and last year it, it just didn't really look good at at any moment but there's been times this year where that aggressive defense again against some of the teams that you might not consider great offensively um but against some of those teams they've smothered them they, they've just flat out made them look silly and there's been mo- i mean especially against the magic um at times against the mavericks uh, against pelicans against the kings again those are all teams on the bottom half of the league offensively but those nights they smothered them defensively and you can tell that they do kind of they do smell blood in the water sometimes like at the end of that game against the magic uh jabari went for a steal that he probably shouldn't have gone for and 
still the magic were just bad. So he was able to get his hands on it and that turned into a dunk. And Giannis kind of did something similar um, in that fourth quarter as well. So when they're playing those types of teams, that the defense makes a, a ton of, I mean, it, it does make sense for them to get out there and get those young guys some confidence. So um, as far as making sense as a contending team going forward, I still don't necessarily know that that'll be the case but for this group of young guys i do think that that they understand both their strengths and limitations and i think this year they've done a bit better job playing to those strengths and playing down uh those limitations uh but obviously it's a mixed bag as well because as uh, as i said last year at milwaukee magazine and as i've said already this year young teams just play to their competition like that's kind of the the downfall of having a team led by two 21 year olds is sometimes you're gonna have first quarters that look like that first quarter against the magic and you're gonna think man how could they come out with so little energy how could they make the magic look this good and then there's gonna be nights where they play up to the level of the warriors and that's just kind of how it goes with young teams until they figure out how to be consistent night in and night out so um I know that always sounds like just garbage BS that I'm giving you that these are cliches about this young team. And I understand that. Like, I I do understand that as a Bucks fan, like you're probably going to get tired at some point of hearing all of us say like, well, they're a young team and why can't I expect anything out of them? Like I should, that they are not young anymore. They're this, they're that, but they are still a young teams, so you're going to kind of have to deal with some of those growing pains. But um, identity, I don't know if we're any closer, um, but it does seem their identity makes seems to make more sense this year to me. Yeah, I think it's I mean, I think it's been a continuation of last year. Um, by the way, it was it was a little weird. Like, I think you, you made a comment about it as well, but we saw actually some was it Jet had some floppy action and Brogdon came off a screen for a corner three. On, yeah, it, on, they uh, did. They did on Monday. It was like some some stuff that like some Middleton type stuff that they really haven't doesn't seem like they've run it, at all. No, it was there was uh, I think I'm trying to think. I know for sure when Jet and Brogdon were together in the second half. That would have been what fourth quarter start of the fourth quarter. Um, with that small ball lineup, they did floppy action uh, with brogdon and terry and if you don't know what floppy action is um one you can google it and i think our our friend piper gibson has a a good breakdown of that he's at half court hoops um but if you if you look it up it's that action where two guys go on the baseline you have two shooters and then they spin around they push off of each other they fake one way and go the other but one goes one way one goes the other off of a screen to try to get them open for a three but yeah they ran that for brogdon and terry in the fourth and i think Maybe in the first half we saw some of that as well with Jet. Uh, it seemed like they were running some of that stuff they used to run for Middleton for Jet um, in the last couple games. But again, that could have just been a few possessions, maybe out of timeouts or something, and not sustained. But that'll be something to keep an eye on. Yeah, it's it's always interesting. It's interesting to me that people um, people I, what I noticed in our comments and and Twitter. I feel like I haven't really heard anybody complaining about the defensive quote unquote schemes this year and everybody's complaining about the offensive schemes and philosophy mm-hmm. and I've definitely heard complaints from people I respect about the offense especially early in the season when they weren't shooting any threes and um you know everything was like started off with 
corner series or yeah. you know some kind of uh, pass into a big man 25 feet from the from the hoop or whatever. I mean, th- this offense at times definitely bogs down. Um, but by the same token, I don't know. It's kind of hard to say. I mean, ultimately, like you kind of look at the results, right? I mean, this team is 20th in offensive efficiency. Okay, um, where should they be? Uh, and you know, before the season, after Middleton went out, I kind of felt like this was definitely going to be a below average yeah. offense you know i mean they don't have a ton of shooters uh they have obviously two really interesting dynamic athletic guys in Giannis and jabari but you know beyond that i mean Delavadova starts for no other teams in the, in the nba yeah. i mean you know he's not he's not a i mean he can he can do some things as a pick and roll guy knock down some open threes but but he would not be confused for a starter pretty much anywhere else um and you know, obviously Plumley, Henson, I mean, th- these guys are not, you know, dynamic offensive players and now you're not even playing Greg Monroe. Um, so it's, uh, it's, it's definitely a team that I think is going to have its struggles offensively and, um, you know, pushing and getting out in transition obviously is so essential for them. So seeing Giannis in particular be able to do that obviously is, is very important. Um, but, uh, I, I don't know. I mean, I, of course I would like to see, you know, more ball movement, right? Because the Bucks are like, I think, bottom 10 in, in passing. But, you know, it's also, I mean, we've talked about this. When you don't have shooters, you don't tend to just pass the ball side to side yep. as much, right? Because guys like Giannis and Jabari, um, they have to just dribble more. I mean, Jabari doesn't really dribble much, but like Giannis, you know, has to spend more time just sort of dribbling and trying to probe and um, and that's not going to create as, as many passes. So, I don't know. I mean, I'm not, I mean, Joe Prunty is, I mean, we talk about Jason Kidd's offense. It's really kind of probably more Joe Prunty's offense. Um, I mean, I, do I think it's special? No. Uh, is it reinventing the way we think about basketball? Clearly not. Um, but it also, I think there's enough, I think there's enough variation in the way that they use Giannis and Jabari that I feel like that's, it's a positive that it's not just Giannis handling the ball all the time at the top. You know, we see him at the elbow. Um, we see them doing some different stuff. Jabari gets to run some, you know, four or five pick and rolls. There's at least some stuff going on that's, that's you know, I think putting guys in a position to succeed. So, I, I don't know. I'm not, I just can't, I can't get myself to feel like really worked up about it. I guess the thing that always gets me is that people want to talk about doing more offensively and having a more complicated system and doing more creative things. And, I like that's great. You you definitely should, but think of every innovative offense you've ever seen, heard about, watched, whatever. Think about that offense. Now tell me how many players on the floor that you're imagining were below average offensive players. Would you say any? Cuz I cuz I would <laughs> doubt you say that. Like the Warriors do some really cool stuff. But the Warriors also have some of the most unique offensive talents in the league and in Seth Curry's case in the history of basketball. The Spurs did some really unique offensive stuff, but they also had an unbelievable creator in Tony Parker, an unbelievable creator in, in uh, Manu Ginobili, now an unbelievable creative creator in Kawhi Leonard, and oh yeah, they had the best power forward of all time in Tim Duncan. Like. I understand the desire to do more creative things, but I do think that you do need to have players. 
you do need to have some versatility in those skill sets of those players. And I would say on this Bucks roster, it is, it is lacking a little bit. And then at the same time, I think stuff comes down to players. Like players have to execute. And there's times when the Bucks look good offensively and you do see some cool sequences. And I mentioned some in the end of that magic game where it was multiple actions and they're making the off- the defense really work because of what they're doing offensively. But that's on the players. They're moving the ball. They're setting good screens. They're actually getting into things. And the moments when you think, man, this box offense is super uncreative. What are you watching? You're probably watching Giannis dribble the ball. Or you're probably watching Jabari dribble the ball. Or you're probably watching Delhi dribble the ball. You're watching guys not do those things. And again, like it seems like such a cliche. Oh, they should just move the basketball. Well, yeah, sometimes that that is what you need to do to get the offense moving. Um, but at other times, you don't want to take the ball out of Giannis's hands because Giannis is really freaking good. Um, so let him keep the ball. And yeah, maybe the offense will stagnate sometimes, but you're going to get some cool stuff. So I always... I always think that I mean I'm a, I'm a guy that's of the belief that this is a players league and players kind of dictate how things will go down um and great coaches are are great and helpful obviously but for the most part players are kind of what makes this league go so I'm a little bit biased in that aspect but I do think that when there's a bad offense the the first thing you want to point at is the coach and sometimes it, shouldn't be the coach it should be the players well i think the it's interesting too because i don't I, I mean i think for a team like this i don't think a really complex you know offense is really playing <laughs> to the strengths of your no, players anyway really. i mean I, jabari and Giannis are not like at this point i mean they're both 21 i think they're much more instinctive guys than than cerebral quarterback type type players so i don't know why you'd want to run and i I don't know why you'd want to run something really complicated or or even really deliberate like i think when the bucks have been bad especially early in the season i think it was because they got a bit too contrived and prescriptive almost in some of the sets they were running and you know i I mean part of the again part of the reason why you see like the center not near the basket is so that you create more room and you don't have hopefully the other team center just parked underneath um, and you do dribble handoffs and stuff like that, which, you know, sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't. I think part of the problem for the Bucks is that oftentimes they take a lot of time getting yeah. into sets when they've Agreed. been bad. I think that's been a, a common, common issue. And I don't know if Jason thing. Kidd is. Like, and Jason talks yeah, about it all the time. Yeah. And he talks about it, but I don't know if Kidd has been particularly good at, at emphasizing it as, as a point, um, maybe better in the last couple of weeks. Um, although actually, to be honest, they've had some really bad offensive games the last couple of weeks as well. So, uh, so I, I, I don't know. I, I mean, I, I think I don't. I don't think Jason Kidd has, has, you know, for both in when things are going well and when things are going <laughs> poorly. I don't think Jason Kidd necessarily has that much control yeah. over things. Obviously, you know, they're gonna they're gonna have some control over like specific play calls coming out of timeouts and things like that. But um, you know, to a large extent, they're just sort of relying on. You know, it's sort of a roll the ball out for Giannis and Jabari and. Um, and see what happens. And I think um, that actually makes so. sense. Like, so what you're going to have Giannis and Jabari run around five screens, and you know what? Once they do that, they're going to be just as open as they were if they didn't run off any screens, except they just ran around five screens and are now tired. Like, they're open all the time because they can't shoot at this point. So, like, it, that's that was always a thing I talked about last year when everyone was like, "Why do they run through so much offense through Middleton?" It's like. 
Well, because Middleton actually gets covered. And when you actually get covered, that bends the defense. But with Giannis and Jabari, teams just kind of slack off of them. And that makes sense. But that doesn't really help you create uh, a a very dynamic offense because they're open all the time. All right. I think we're good. I agree. We're going to wish everybody a happy Thanksgiving. Go get that SeatGeek mobile app. Input LO Bucks in the promo code on the settings tab. Get your $20 rebate after you've made your first purchase, which if you go into the upper bowl, you might end up making $5 out of the proposition. Um, yes. And uh, and yeah, enjoy the holiday. Enjoy Eat a bunch the of weekend. food. Yeah. Uh, get that get that turkey. What's your what's your uh, what's your turkey? What's your turkey? What's your Thanksgiving Day uh, favorite? Like what what is the the you know relative to what people normally prefer? What's do you have any like weird favorites of, at, at Thanksgiving? Um, I like to go mashed potatoes, gravy, and then the corn not on the side but in the mashed potatoes and gravy. I don't know if people are a fan of that, but I like to do it. I you know I uh, I am a a big Boston Market fan which uh, my wife makes fun of me for. My wife thinks Boston Market is like terrible, like <laughs> fake home-style home cooking. Yeah. Um, and she contends that Boston Market mashed potatoes are gross and fake tasting, whereas I feel like Boston Market mashed potatoes are actually like really good for you know fast food type, type uh, mashed potatoes. Um, and for the longest time, I would get the mashed potatoes and corn, mashed potatoes and gravy and corn, and then I would do exactly that, Eric. Oh my God, we are kindred spirits, Frank. I would throw the corn in there, and then you finish it off after you're done. You're like, oh, oh, what's that? I got a corn piece of cornbread too. (laughs) Um, They have really good cornbread. Uh, Uh, Cornbread or biscuit? What's your preference? Ooh, Uh, generically, I would say biscuit, but good cornbread is pretty untouchable. But good cornbread is is damn good. Uh, I'm a turkey guy. I like, I you know, I, I don't, I, I don't have good, good taste in food. I mean, I, I like kind of drier meat, and turkey tends to be drier <laughs> meat. So, I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm not a foodie, as you can tell. So, although I will say this, my, uh, my brother-in-law made a fried turkey two years ago. I've heard those are delicious. I've first time I ever had one. There was a fried turkey that he made, and then a regular turkey that was made uh, at the same Thanksgiving at my in-laws. Mm-hmm. Fried turkey just annihilated that regular turkey so bad, oh, and then man. he he they weren't there last year, and now they're back this year. So I'm I'm actually pretty pumped. There's <laughs> there's a fried turkey in my future, and I'm pretty pretty excited about that. So anyway, we'll leave you with fried turkey. Uh, Giannis at center. Uh, what are we thankful for? Giannis at center. Giannis at any position. Uh, we're thankful for Sea uh, Keeks promo code, and um, yeah, Friday night. Go buy some cheap tickets, make Giannis happy, uh, show him you care, and uh, we'll talk to you guys soon.